being a human sacrifice is a terrifying concept that has been practiced by many ancient civilizations. It is the ultimate sacrifice where an individual is offered as a gift to appease the gods or supernatural forces. Throughout history, human sacrifices have been part of various religions and cultural beliefs. And while it may seem barbaric to us now, for those who were chosen, it was considered a great honour. To fully understand what it would be like to be a human sacrifice, one must step into the shoes of the chosen one. For a few minutes, close your eyes and imagine you are in the rainforests of the Mayan Empire. The first feeling that would consume you is the prickling fear washing over your body. The weight of knowing that your life is going to be taken and there is no way out. The terror of the unknown and the realisation that your death would be a public spectacle begins to paralyse you. As the sweat begins to roll down your back, there may also be a sense of confusion and disbelief. It is human nature to want to survive, and the idea of willingly giving up your life can be difficult to comprehend. You question why you were selected, or what you had done to the gods to deserve such a fate. You begin to struggle with the concept of being a sacrifice, wondering if your death would truly bring any benefit or appease the gods. As the days and weeks follow, the preparations for your ceremonial death go more quickly. Your emotions swing from fear, acceptance, anger and pride. You've been separated from your loved ones for some time and are undergoing ritual ceremonies which involve fasting, cleansing and dressing in special garments. This preparation has added to the fear and anxiety of your final existence, but it also serves as a way of making peace with your impending death. Today is the day, the sacrifice. You are paraded through the streets, faces pass by you in a blur as your legs become heavy with the fear until you reach the ritual place. You are surrounded by thousands of people, all there to witness your final moment. Your emotions are churning around in your head, from fear and sadness to pride and honour. But ultimately, there is no turning back. As you take your turn to lay bare-chested on the altar, the uncontrollable fear of the unknown washes over your body. You begin to sweat as your heart begins to race, as tears roll down your cheeks for your loved ones. The priest finishes his prayers and raises his dagger into the air. As he brings it down, you catch a glimpse of the blade gleaming in the sun. Time moves slowly as the crowd begins to roar and suddenly you're snapped out of your daze as a sharp searing pain erupts from your chest. Your warm sticky life force, that is your blood, covers your torso as fear and pain begin to slip away and you close your eyes, forever. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Dark History Podcast, where we explore the darkest parts of human history. I hope everybody is well, 
I'm Rob, your host as always. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2. Sacrificial Legacies, The History of Human Sacrifice. Human Sacrifice, the ritual killing of a person as an offering to a god or deity, has been practiced by various civilizations throughout history, from the ancient Aztecs and Mayans to the Celtic Druid and the Norse Vikings. The act of sacrificing a human has been a prominent feature in religious beliefs and practices. So, how did human sacrifice come about? And why did civilizations partake in such a barbaric act? To answer this question, we must first go back in time to the early stages of human development. Before we start, I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, Smart Labels but more about them later. So, without further ado, please turn off those lights, sit back, and relax next to the fire for more Dark History. The earliest evidence of human sacrifice dates back to 8000 BCE in ancient Mesopotamia. It was believed that the gods required human blood to appease them and ensure a good harvest and protection from their enemies. Successful agricultural cities had already emerged in the Near East by the Neolithic, some protected behind stone walls. Jericho is the best known of these cities, but other similar settlements existed along the coast of the Levant and extended north into Asia Minor and west to the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. Most of the land was arid, and religious cultures of the entire region centred on fertility and rain. Many of the religious rituals, including human sacrifice, had an agricultural focus. Blood was mixed with soil to improve its fertility. Retainer sacrifice was practised within the royal tombs of ancient Mesopotamia. Courtiers Guards, musicians, handmaidens, and grooms were presumed to have committed ritual suicide by taking poison. A 2009 experiment of skulls from the Royal Cemetery at Ur, discovered in Iraq in the 1920s, appeared to support a more grisly interpretation of human sacrifice associated with the elite burials in ancient Mesopotamia than had previously been recognised. Palace attendants as part of royal mortuary rituals, were not dosed with poison to meet death serenely. Instead, they were put to death by having sharp instruments, such as a pike, driven into their heads. Moving further west to ancient Egypt, where there may be evidence of retainer sacrifice in the early dynastic period at Abydos, when on the death of a king, he would be accompanied by servants, and possibly high officials, who would continue to serve him in the afterlife. The skeletons that were found had no obvious signs of trauma, leading to the speculation that the giving up of life to serve the king may have been a voluntary act, possibly carried out in a drug-induced state. At about 2800 BCE, any possible evidence of such practices disappeared, though echoes are perhaps to be seen in the burial statues of servants in the old kingdom's tombs, 
servants of both royal and high court officials were slain to accompany their masters into the next world. The number of retainers buried surrounding the king's tomb was much greater than those of the high court officials, however, again suggesting the greater importance of the pharaoh. For example, King Jur had 318 retainer sacrifices buried in his tomb, and 269 retainer sacrifices buried in an enclosure surrounding his tomb. According to the Romans and the Greek sources, Phoenicians and Carthaginians sacrificed infants to their gods. The bones of numerous infants have been found in Carthaginian archaeological sites in modern times, but their cause of death remains controversial. In a single child cemetery called the Tophet by archaeologists, an estimated 20,000 urns were deposited. The Bible asserts that children were sacrificed at a place called the Tophet, or a roasting place, to the god Moloch. More references in the Bible point to an awareness of disdain for human sacrifice in the history of ancient Near East practices. During a battle with the Israelites, the king of Moab gave his firstborn son and Ur, as a whole, burnt offering. The Bible then recounts that following the king's sacrifice, there was a great indignation against Israel, and the Israelites had to raise their siege of the Moabite capital and go away. This verse has perplexed many later Jewish and Christian commentators, who tried to explain that the impact of the Moabite king's sacrifice was to make those under the siege emboldened while disheartening the Israelites. Make God angry at the Israelites, or the Israelites fear his anger, whatever the explanation. Evidently, at the time of writing, such an act of sacrificing the firstborn son and Ur, while prohibited by the Israelites, was considered as an emergency measure in the ancient Near East, to be performed in exceptional cases where divine favour was desperately needed. Moving from more ancient times and the Near East to the time of the Celts and into Europe, the Celts were a group of European tribes that inhabited present-day Ireland, Great Britain and parts of Western Europe. They believed in polytheistic religion and performed human sacrifices as a way to communicate with their gods and ask for their favour. The Celts did not have any ritualistic or systematic ways of sacrificing humans. Instead, they believed that the gods and the spirits of their ancestors lived in the trees and that their blood was needed to keep them strong and thriving. As a result, ancient Celts would sacrifice humans, often prisoners of war, by hanging them from trees and piercing them with arrows. According to Julius Caesar and Strabo, they wrote that the Gauls burnt animals and human sacrifices in large wickerwork figures, known as wickermen, and said that human victims were usually criminal, while Posidonius wrote that the Druids, who oversaw human sacrifice, foretold the future by watching the death throes of their victims. The Celts practiced human sacrifice extensively. Funerary rites involved the burning of retainers, 
who were imprisoned in giant wicker men and set on fire to join their masters in the afterlife. There were many different ritual killing methods for each of the gods. Offerings to Tautatis were drowned. Victims meant for Eros were hanged and flogged to death, while those meant for Tyrannis were burned. Ritual decapitation was also commonplace. However, it is important to know that the descriptions of all these sources originate from the Greco-Romans, who may have exaggerated the practices to further the image of the Celts being barbarous savages. There is some archaeological evidence of human sacrifice among the Celtic people, although it is rare. Ritual beheading and headhunting was a major religious and cultural practice that has found copious support in the archaeological record, including the numerous skulls found in Londinium's River Walbrook and the twelve headless corpses at the Gaulish sanctuary of Gounay-sur-Aronde. Another ritual sacrifice seems to involve bogs, as in Ireland several bog bodies have been found. Several ancient Irish bog bodies have been interpreted to be kings who were ritually killed, presumably after serious crop failures or other disasters. Some were deposited in bogs on territorial boundaries or near royal inauguration sites, and some were found to have been eaten at ceremonial last meals. Moving to more central Europe, the Germanic peoples, including the Scandinavian, had similar rites. After the Battle of Teutoburg Forest, Roman commanders were sacrificed to Mars, as many Germans had adopted Roman beliefs. This includes suspending severed arms of their victims to tree branches. The Norse also adopted forms of retainer sacrifice, killing slaves to accompany their masters in Valhalla. According to the monk Adimar de Chabanes, the founder of the Principality of Normandy, Rollo, practiced human sacrifice in honour of the Norse gods, despite having been baptised and converted to Christianity. Now, archaeological evidence suggests that the practice of sacrificing humans by the Vikings did exist, in some form or another, from around the 8th century onwards. However, there has been debate among experts over how widespread such sacrifices within the Viking culture and whether they were part of the religious ritual or merely a tool for political power. Some sources claim that human sacrifice was only used in extreme cases of failed harvest or when someone had broken an oath with the gods. Others believe that sacrificial victims were chosen from defeated enemies or criminals and then used in public ceremonies to attempt to curry favour with Odin, Thor, Loki, Freya and other Norse deities. But one account by Ahmed ibn Fadlan in 922 claims that the Varangian warriors were sometimes buried with enslaved women in the belief that they would become their wives in Valhalla. He describes the funeral of a Varangian chieftain in which a slave girl volunteered to be buried with him. After ten days of festivities, she was given an intoxicating drink, stabbed to death by a priestess, and burned together with the dead chieftain in his boat.
Now a quick word from our sponsor for today's episode, Smart Labels. It's your New Year's resolution to be more organised. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Well, introducing Smart Labels, your solution to organized living. Revolutionize your space by labeling and tracking everything with a simple scan. No more searching through piles. Just scan and instantly find what you need. Simply purchase Smart Label's convenient QR code stickers from Amazon. Place one on your storage bin and scan it with the app. The Smart Label's intuitive app allows you to categorize and track your stored items for the years to come. Rediscover the joys of a clutter-free life. Scan, store and smile. Smart Label's bringing order to your world. As we move again across the globe to Asia, the evidence of human sacrifice is quite prevalent. The history of human sacrifice in China may extend as early as 2300 BCE. Excavations of the ancient fortress city of Shimao in the northern part of modern-day Shangxi province reveals 80 skulls ritualistically buried underneath the city's eastern wall. Forensic analysts indicate the victims were all teenage girls. The ancient Chinese are also known to have made drowned sacrifices of men and women to the river god Hebo. They also have buried slaves alive with their owners upon death as part of a funeral service. This was especially prevalent during the Shang and Zhu dynasties. During the Warring States period, Jin Men Bao of Wei outlawed the human sacrifice practice to the river gods. In Chinese law, Jin Men Bao is regarded as a folk hero who pointed out the absurdity of human sacrifice. The sacrifice of high-ranking male slaves concubines or servants upon his death was a more common form. The stated purpose was to provide companionship for the dead in the afterlife. In early times the victims were either killed or buried alive, while later they were usually forced to commit suicide. In Japan and other Asian countries, Hitobashira was practiced. A person was buried alive under or near large-scale buildings, like dams, bridges and castles, as a prayer to Shinto gods. It was believed this would protect the building from being destroyed by natural disasters, such as floods or by enemy attacks. Hitobashira can also refer to workers who were buried alive under inhumane conditions. Like in Japan, human sacrifices were practiced in Tibet, prior to the arrival of Buddhism in the 7th century. Historical practices such as burying bodies under the cornerstones of houses 
may have been practiced during the medieval era, but few concrete incidences have been recorded or verified. The prevalence of human sacrifice in medieval Buddhist Tibet is less clear. The Lamas, as professing Buddhists, could not condone blood sacrifices, and they replaced the human victims with effigies made from dough, which is still to this day dyed partially red to symbolise sacrifices. Nevertheless, there is some evidence that outside of Orthodox Buddhism, there was a practice of tantric human sacrifice, which survived throughout the medieval period and possibly into the modern times. The 15th century Blue Annals report that in the 13th century, so-called 18 robber monks slaughtered men and women in their ceremonies. In West Africa, juju human sacrifice is still practiced today. The annual customs of Dahame was the more notorious example. But sacrifices were carried out all along the West African coast and further inland. Sacrifices were particularly common after the death of a king or queen, and there are many recorded cases of hundreds or even thousands of slaves being sacrificed at such events. Sacrifices were particularly common in Dahame, in what is now Benin, and in small independent states in what is now southern Nigeria. In one of these ceremonies, in 1727, as many as 4,000 were reportedly killed. In addition, Dahame had an annual custom during which 500 prisoners were sacrificed. In Ashanti regions of modern-day Ghana, Capital punishment was usually tied to sacrificing the guilty party to the gods. These practices continued well into the 19th century. In the northern parts of the continent, the spread of Islam put an end to tribal beliefs in ritual human sacrifice. The Leopard Men were a West African secret society, active into the mid-1900s, that practiced cannibalism. It was believed that their ritual cannibalism would strengthen both members of their society and their entire tribe. In Tanganyika, the leopard men committed an estimated 200 murders in a single three-month period. Even in the Canary Islands, which are now part of modern-day Spain, the Guanches, who were the ancient inhabitants of these islands, performed both animal and human sacrifice. During the summer solstice, in Tenerife, children were sacrificed by being thrown from cliffs into the sea. These children were brought from various parts of the island for the purpose of sacrifice. Likewise, when an Aboriginal king died, his subjects should also assume the sea, along with the embalmers who embalmed the Guanche mummies. In Gran Canaria, Bones of children were found mixed with those of lambs and goat kids, and on Tenerife, amphrays have been found with the remains of children inside. This suggests a different kind of ritual infanticide from those who were thrown off the cliffs. Some of the most famous forms of ancient human sacrifice were performed by pre-Columbian civilizations in the Americas. 
that included the sacrifice of prisoners, as well as voluntary sacrifices. The Mixtec players of the Mesoamerican ballgame were sacrificed when the game was used to resolve disputes between cities. The rulers would play a game instead of going into battle. The losing ruler would be sacrificed. The ruler ate deer, who was considered a great ball player and who had won several cities this way, was eventually sacrificed because he attempted to go beyond his lineage governing practice and create an empire. The Mayans held the belief that cenotes or limestone sinkholes were portals to the underworld and sacrificed human beings, tossing them down the cenotes to please the water god Shark. The most notable example of this is the sacred cenote at Chichen Itza. Extensive excavations have recovered the remains of 42 individuals, half of them under 20 years old. Of particular note concerning human sacrifice is the culture of the Aztecs, where human sacrifice was a de jure, believed their god, Huitzilopochtli, required human blood to fight the moon every night so that the sun would rise again in the morning. Sacrifices to Huitzilopochtli involved marching the victims to the temple at the top of the steep pyramid, the steps slippery with blood. Thrown over a blood-soaked altar, their arms and legs were held in place, facing the sky. The priest would then use a sacrificial dagger made of obsidian glass and cut the heart out of their victim's chest. The bodies were then thrown down the steps. Finally, the heads were removed from their corpses and added to the skull rack called a tompandil, which displayed the skulls of all the victims. The Aztecs also used human sacrifice to instill control through fear over the subject over which they held dominion, as the Aztec Empire existed as a loose federation, with the city of Teotitlan as the centre of control. Every year, the Flower Wars were fought in which opposing combatants representing all the Aztec territories would compete on a battlefield in taking as many captives as possible. These captives would suffer the gruesome fate of being sacrificed to one of the many gods, while the captors would be rewarded with their prowess. Captives weren't the only ones who were sacrificed. Families from all walks of life would offer up one of their own to earn favour from the gods. Of particular note, it is the offering of infants and children to the rain god Tlaloc. Children sacrificed to Tlaloc suffered an even more painful fate. It was believed that Tlaloc required the tears of children in order to bring the rain to the crops. So the victims were made to suffer more excruciating tortures before they had their hearts removed from their chests. Chief among these practices was the ripping out of fingernails. In addition to all the sacrificial slaughter, the Aztecs also practiced cannibalism and wore the flayed skin of their victims. Towards the end times of their empire, when Teotitlan was being besieged by a coalition of their subjects who had had enough, spurred on and enjoyed by the Spanish conquistadors, the Aztecs were sacrificing many thousand each day. One claim states that the Aztec priests took the life of 80,000 people in one day. 
While this may be an exaggeration, it does explain why the population of the empire in the later years was in serious decline. Moving further south and into Peru, the Incas also practiced human sacrifice, especially at great festivals or royal funerals where retainers died to accompany the dead into the next life. As many as 4,000 servants, court officials, favorites, and concubines were killed upon the death of the Incan Huayan Copac in 1527, for example. A number of mummies of sacrificed children have been recovered in the Incan regions of South America. The Incas performed child sacrifice during or after important events, such as the death of an emperor or during famine. The Mochi sacrificed teenagers en masse, as archaeologist Steve Borget found when he uncovered at the bones of 42 male adolescents in 95. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to this long and dark episode. Yeah, that was rather heavy. And I really, really dislike talking about children. But it happened. Quite regularly, unfortunately. And you'd be forgiven to think that this archaic practice has never happened since. But you'd be wrong. As we all know, the world is rather dark. And there have been cases in modern times. In 1963, a small cult in Nuevo Leon, Mexico, founded by two brothers, Santos and Cayento Hernandez, committed between 8 and 12 murders during blood rituals that included drinking human blood. In January 2008, Milton Blayi of Liberia confessed to being part of human sacrifices, which included the killing of an innocent child and plucking out the heart, which was divided into pieces for people to eat. The story I've mentioned before in the first season happened on March the 22nd, 2014. A group of motorcycle taxi drivers discovered the Ebadam Forest of Horrors, a dilapidated building believed to be used for human trafficking and ritual sacrifice located in Soka Forest, in the Ibadan, Oya State, Nigeria. Even in Western countries it happens. In Italy, on the 6th of June 2000, three teenage girls lured a Catholic sister, Maria Laura Minetti, out of her convent in Chiavenna Sordero and stabbed her to death in a satanic sacrifice. Even here in the UK it's happened. In June 2005, it's claimed that a boy from Africa was being trafficked to the UK for human sacrifice. It's noted that the child was beaten and murdered after being labelled as a witch by a pastor in an Angolan community in London. Anyway, if you could please drop a review on the show, it really does help the podcast out. The more reviews, the more the algorithm pushes the show out there. I want to thank everybody who has reviewed the show also. If you think friends and family may be interested in the podcast, then share it with them. Lists to all socials are below. Also, the link to the show's Patreon is below. This is for people who want to support the channel, but don't have to. As always, if you've been listening for a while, why not subscribe? 
in that way you never miss an episode. So with all that out of the way, thank you again for listening. Join us next time for our next episode as we delve into another event and more dark history. <laughs>